Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to the first world in sport for 2016. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Oceania Tennis gets a voice on the global stage. The Solomon Islands futsal team plots a return to the top and a refreshed Samoa 7 side is ready to go. But first, more delays for organisers of the Pacific Mini Games in Vanuatu. The start date for the 2017 Games has been pushed back by three months with work yet to begin on the main Corman site in Port Vila, ten months after initial delays caused by Cyclone Pam. The CEO of the 2017 Mini Games, Joe Carlo, accepts there is plenty of work to do, but says they're in something of a holding pattern at the moment. The general public seems to have some reservations on the sports event, but the Pacific Games Council is right behind us towards the event. It cannot be changed again. It's been offered to Vanuatu at this time, so we have no option but to host the Games, even perhaps a reduced number of sports to be hosted in the event. But the timeline is much dependent on the government, because after the cyclone, it's going to have with the government general election, which now takes place on Friday, 22nd of January. So hopefully, after Friday, with the government formation, it will be able to pave the way to us move forward on the, on the project. So, so what is it that you are waiting for from the government? Obviously, uh, do you need approval from them to sign things off? Do you need money from them to pay for the works being built? Chinese government has kindly offered to provide aid assistance, taking up most of the construction of the facilities. That's the main stadium, outdoor and indoor, beach volleyball courts, the tennis courts, the cricket pitch, the archery. Those are the structures that are going down the main stadium area at the common stadium site. The other facilities, existing facilities where damaged by the cyclone, will be undertaken by the government through other sources of funding for renovation of the program. So I see the pipeline, again, kind of on the government change coming up next week uh, when things will be able to work in the clear. Do you have a sort of ballpark date when you think construction on venues is actually going to resume? No, that's not been finalised as yet. Uh, that's going to be coming from the Chinese, so we'll be talking to them following the outcome of what's happened on Friday. Do you speak to the Chinese alongside the government, I guess? Yes, well, the Chinese are very cooperative with us, so we'll be talking to them, so it's more an open-tail discussion rather than just a ballpark figure. The Chinese obviously have workers in Vanuatu at the moment having just completed the convention centre, so there are staff in town that will be able to you know, start soon. Certainly. So hopefully they've been saying that it should be completed by mid-2017, with the games now going to be held in early December. 2017, so is there some flexibility in hosting the games slightly later in 2017, as you say, maybe closer to December, um, which would allow you maybe a bit more breathing space? Yeah, 
it lost a few things because uh, we were to host the event in, in September. But somehow the uh, Oceania football and FIFA lucked out most of the month of December, I believe, all for soccer tournaments within the region. So that's more or less closed up the gap for the sporting events such as the mini-games to be taking place in mid-year 2017. So are you saying December 2017 is when it's going to be held? The games are planned now for December 2017. It's going to be early December and closing by mid-December 2017. And uh, does that time frame work for other countries within the region? 1993. We also the games in December. It worked well. We would normally... Have a few cyclones there and then, but uh, this time round, there's been no cyclone. The weather has been warm and it's been sunny. It's going to be concerned with tourists as well, because this ever being the tourist uh, peak air period in Vanuatu. But we hope to be able to cope well uh, the event during that time of the year. Okay, and Joe, in May, the General Assembly for the Pacific Games Council scheduled to be held in Port Vila. I guess you talked about maybe some concerns within the region as to how progress was going, I guess that's a great opportunity. Hopefully there'll be some significant progress by then and you know, all the officials from within the region will get a chance to actually be there on the ground and, and see how things are going. Yes, the Pacific Games uh, Council and also the Oceania National Olympic Committee, AGM, will, will be held back-to-back during the month of May. So that'll give us the opportunity to be able to focus on what's been happening locally and to be able to brief the country's the athletes, uh, the uh, officials are when they're in the country for the AGMs. That's the CEO of the 2017 Pacific Mini Games, Joe Carlo. The president of the Guam National Tennis Federation hopes to be a voice for Oceania on the world stage after being appointed to an International Tennis Federation task force to provide information and support for smaller nations. Torgan Smith will be joined on the task force by representatives from Egypt, Costa Rica, South Africa, Bolivia, Hong Kong and Hungary. Talking to the new president, Dave Haggerty, before and after his election in September, he wants to get input from everyone. So he's formed this non-world group task force to uh, try and get some input from a wider range of federations around the world and the challenges that we have. As the president of a small tennis nation, uh, you know, what sort of experiences or, or daily challenges do you encounter in your role you think would perhaps be a surprise to bigger nations and the, the sort of things that in this Oceania region that aren't things that other countries have to worry about? Guam and most of the Oceania countries are class countries, which means uh, that we don't have a vote in the ITF. We're almost affiliate members. We don't have our own Davis Cups teams, although ITF has allowed the Class C nations for the Pacific specifically to have a regional team. So we have the Pacific Oceania Davis Cup team, which has uh, gone as high as Group 2, but we've also gone from Group 2 down to Group 4 and now back up to Group 3. There are a lot of challenges that we have with sponsorship, for example. If you went up to Class B, you'd be able to have your own Davis or all Fed Cup teams. Uh, Guam have Daniel Arenas, who's been a part of the uh, Pacific Oceania men's team, and obviously they ha- had a good uh, result last year after a few difficult seasons. Um, do you think that if the likes of Guam were able to compete on their own right, on their own two feet, that they could develop and, and be competitive in the years to come? We have made intention at last year's ITF annual general meeting to to become a Class B nation, and we will submit our application this year. It's a three-year process. You have to make your intention, and then you have to make your application, and then if your application is approved, you're welcome into Class B the third year. So we're hoping to be a Class B nation in 2017. I hope to make that Guam's 
top of the pyramid where our players will strive to be on the Davis Cup team and our 18 to 30-year-olds will have something to play for annually rather than just every four years, the Pacific Games or the Micronesian Games. It's hard to keep players motivated sometimes when the events are quite far away. And I hope that many of the other Pacific nations will look at that same model and perhaps strive to get into Class B. That's part of the agenda I'll bring to the non-world group meeting is what about Class C? Why can't Class C participate in Davis Cup and why can't there be maybe a Group 5 and have the Class C countries play against each other? I think the ITF is looking at a lot of different options. That's the president of the Guam National Tennis Federation, Torgan Smith. The Solomon Islands will rely on a core of experienced players as they attempt to win a fourth straight Oceania Futsal Championship title next month. The Kurukuru are three-time defending OFC winners and represented the region at the past two World Cups but no longer have an international ranking after going more than two years without playing a game. The final 14-man squad has been named including a host of veterans such as Elliot Ragamo, Samuel Osifalo and Micah Lealafa. Assistant coach Jerry Sam told Karoy Hawkins the squad's been working hard. Training was very good. The boys are working, looking sharp and we work really hard because our objective is to qualify for the World Cup once again. So we know that uh, this, this championship is not that easy, so we have to work harder. And you have a um, mostly experienced side, but a couple of young players coming in. How is that mix looking for the tournament? So far, I I have like uh, two new faces in the squad, but the rest is uh, the experienced players because I believe in the experience because the experience will carry us through and this talent that we have with these, a combination of the young uh, players that they in the squad will give us a boost and make a difference because they will play along the experienced players and the experienced players will encourage them to give the best. How much pre-match preparation or international matches maybe um, have you had uh, leading up to the competition? We just come back from um, Australia just before the Christmas. We went there to attend a FNC Futsal International Futsal Championship and we won there. We played almost 10 games, actually, 10 games. And uh, yeah, we did very well and we won the championship. So now we're back to the camp. We're heading to Australia to play against two friendly international matches against Australia on the 22nd and the 24th of this month. And and you're meeting the the head coach in Australia as well. Has his absence been felt? Yes, actually we will meet uh, Juliano, our head coach in uh, Sydney, just before the game. I think so far, I think he really put uh, put his trust on me because I know these boys more and what we have talked about doing the training was very good so that understanding was very good so yeah between us looking at the competition new zealand have invested a lot in the development of their futsal squad are they the team to beat for you in this competition yeah well at this point of time i don't i don't really predict much but i uh, what i uh, told my boys is a game is a final to us so you know just to prove what we have learned understand the you know, within the, some new players in the team, but we take one game at a time as a final, you know. That's what we are, we are working on it now. That's Jerry Sam, the assistant coach for the Solomon Islands futsal team. The semi-finalists have been found at the Oceania Under-17 Women's Football Championship in Rarotonga. Defending champs New Zealand thrashed Tonga 13-0 to finish atop Group A, while New Caledonia also advanced with a comfortable 5-0 victory against Samoa.
Papua New Guinea finished atop Group B despite being held to a two-all draw against Fiji. Meanwhile, Cook Islands finished on a winning note with the hosts thumping Vanuatu 5-1 to end their opponents' hopes of reaching the knockout rounds. Coach Tukatissim admits even he was surprised by the scoreline and believes the future is bright. I mean, the girls came out and started putting goals behind the net of Vanuatu, so we're, we're really proud of the girls who did that. And plus, we were trying to get the goal difference to go to the semi-final and chasing that semi-final spot. But unfortunately, CGN drew against PNG and they went through with uh, one point. You must be proud, Tuka, of the uh, progress and development your players have shown over the course of the three games, sort of getting better each time. Yeah, they were getting like very good towards the end. Uh, so they, every game they were getting better and better. I mean, we ended in a in a victory, but it was just came up too short. But very proud of the girls. A uh, very young team, so we've got uh, about seven girls for the next uh, seven teams. And so when is that next seven teams? Is that next year or the year after? I think the year after. So I think seven of the players in this squad here will be, be eligible to make it. The tournament's obviously over for the Cook Islands, but uh, still being played in Rarotonga. So uh, New Zealand up against Fiji and Papua New Guinea, New Caledonia. What do you? How do you reckon those games will go? Uh, I think New Zealand's a stronger team, but um, I think if the island countries, PNG or Fiji, are organised, or New Caledonia, if they're organised, I think they give New Zealand a good a good run for their money. Alrighty, I mean, New Zealand have been very dominant at this level, of course, uh, and I guess most levels in Oceania. Um, how, how do you feel about the sort of gap between New Zealand as that main country and some of the Pacific teams? Do you think it's closing, or do you think the Pacific countries can still be competitive, or is there quite a big disparity there still? I think it's closing slowly. The island countries are not too far off. I think it's just the level of playing in their own environment. They're not playing at a higher level, I guess, their own country. But uh, like how New Zealand be the... Um, is the women's champion. Is that something that's hard to yes, fix, but, I guess? Yes. Yeah, I think it's hard for us to get those kind of games, to be competitive in our own football environment, I guess. So the more sort of tournaments like this, uh, as you say, seven players yeah. will be eligible again, uh, the more times you get exposed to international because, competition yeah. is, uh, is, is kind of the best way for you guys to move forward. Yeah, I think so. So I see it. The semi-finals are on Thursday local time, with New Zealand taking on Fiji and PNG up against New Caledonia. The Samoa Sevens rugby team are feeling refreshed after a challenging start to the World Series late last year. The Manu struggled for numbers last month when they finished at Dubai with just 11 players and only nine fit bodies at the end of the Cape Town tournament. Head coach Damien McGrath says the squad's had a short break and are now looking forward to resuming in Wellington next weekend. I know it was only, uh, it was just over two weeks, but it was a long way from home and... Um some of the players struggled a little bit with the destination, but um, it was good to get back home. They trained hard over Christmas and New Year. They haven't had that much time off. I think their batteries are uh, recharged, and I know everybody's excited. Uh, I've got the difficulty of trying to pick a, a squad of 12 players from 24 very committed players. So um, I'm going to disappoint a few players, but um, everybody else is looking forward to uh, getting on the plane and getting over to Wellington and then Sydney to uh, to pit their wits against uh, the best in the world. With all the injuries that you've had in the first two tournaments, though, it must be nice to have 24 players that you can actually pick from. Well, I think it's a testament to uh, to our conditioner, Luke Stevenson, and Matt, our physio, that bar our two really serious injuries that we had in uh, Dubai and Cape Town, everyone else is available for selection. So it's been good to get everybody back and to, to get those minor niggles and knocks um, sorted out. It gives us uh, a bit of confidence that we, we're going to have a, a fairly strong team uh, available to us. One of the worst injuries, of course, was Francis Edemir, who um, you know had been playing very well and then uh, yeah. broke his leg and 
Uh, last time we spoke, uh, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get home for Christmas and, and how long he was going to be over there. What's his sort of update? Well, he got back um, He got back uh, on New Year's Day. Uh, he, re- he arrived back in Samoa with Matt, the physio, stayed with him uh, over Christmas and New Year. Francis is back in now um, having his rehab. It's going to be a long process for him. It was a really serious injury, but he's optimistic and, and positive and he knows he's got a long way to go, but he's going to be hard to replace because he's one of our uh, form players uh, and he was someone who we had high hopes for. And then the other player we had was uh, Fetu Fo Seto Langer, who's got a fairly serious knee injury and uh, we're still trying to get that assessed properly. There's a lot of swelling that still got to go down. So um, apart from those two, though, we're, uh, we're fairly uh, injury-free. I'm just touching some wood I can find now as I speak to you. We have... Uh, Tom Yusefu, who's played for the Samoan Sevens before, Tom has, has paid his way back from New Zealand where he's working to come back and uh, put himself forward for the team. Tomasi Ellisi, uh, who also has, has captained the Manu Sevens in the past, has come back uh, to put himself in contention. So we could have you know, those two back, uh, which would seriously strengthen our squad uh, and go some way to offsetting the loss of Fetupo and Francis. As you've had time to reflect over... Uh the new year heading into 2016. Um, has anything changed in your mind about or have you had to reassess anything from obviously what you've learnt out of those first two tournaments? We gave ourselves into Wellington Sydney to, to put fitness as our priority and um, we're almost upon that now. So I'm really pleased with the condition that the players are in, um, which is a real testament to Luke Stevenson, who I've mentioned before, our conditioner. Um, but we, we've also, um, you know, Brian Lima and myself have had a chance to assess the players and and. and what sort of, uh, of way of playing would suit them, uh, having seen them in action now for the last three months, and also how they, the, the World Series is being played these days. So we think we're more or less sitting on a, on a system of play which will suit uh, Samoa and also allow us to compete at that level. It doesn't get any easier in the group stages. It's got to that point now, isn't it, in, in Sevens Rugby, where no match is easy. You've got France, who toppled you over last year. You've got the United States, who are one of the form teams in the competition in England, aren't doing too bad themselves, and, and you'd know a bit oh, about gee, them. So um, it's a, it's a yeah. tough tough pull, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, I, I would have liked to have picked a different group, if you were allowed. But as you say, there are no easy teams in any of the groups. But <clears throat> when I was back in the UK, there was a Sevens programme over Christmas where where France were highlighted as one of the real um, shining lights of the of the new Sevens programme. They've strengthened their team considerably with um, several full internationals and the union have, uh, have invested heavily. And so they've been the form team of the uh, the first leg. USA are obviously the new shining lights who, who are really taking it by storm. And England made the final in Dubai. So we will be seen as the as the big underdogs in that group. But the players are confident of, uh, of being able to compete. We should and, and could have beaten France uh, comprehensively when we met them in Cape Town and lost uh, at the back end of a, a single score. So we feel if we play the way we can, then uh, we're confident we can upset a few teams. Do, do you have any sort of expectations as uh, you know as, as, as making those cup quarterfinals a be a minimum at this point, do you think? Or is it, is it hard well, to we've say? got to. We have to set that as a target for every competition we're in. The, the cup quarterfinals have to be our, our goal. I've said in the local papers here that, that Olympic qualification is our main goal for this year. You know, We still want to do well in the World Series, but everything's building towards the repechage in June. But you know, if we can start to make cup quarterfinals on a consistent basis, then I know that we're, we're definitely headed in the right direction. And with the talent we have in the team and the, and the commitment the players got, I, I just feel we'll be one of those teams that gets steadily better as this series goes on. So I'm quietly confident without being overconfident. That's the Samoa Sevens rugby coach Damien McGrath, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.
I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.